Hey there, we're going to be looking at part two of the art of being unordinary, which is Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Now this section is very important because uh, it talks about the heart that a follower of Jesus needs to have, meaning what do we need to desire? So let's get started. Uh, let's go to verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now this seems like some information that you could just gloss over. But there's some significance here that Luke, the author, is trying to communicate to us. So we know that this part of the Bible, Jesus is traveling from Galilee all the way down to Jerusalem. Now if you take a look, that's a very vertical thing. It's like you're going from north to south. But if you look at the border between Galilee and Samaria, it goes from east to west. So what is Jesus doing walking on the, the border going east to west when he's trying to get south? Well, this is Luke's way of saying, Jesus is going out of his way because what's about to take place, what he's about to teach, is so important that you need to pay extra attention. So that's what that verse is. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So you can just imagine, Jesus is walking into this village somewhere on the border of Galilee and Samaria. And he sees ten guys a little far off. And by now, Jesus has a reputation. If you've been following us through Luke, you'll know that a few chapters back, Jesus healed some people. So as he's walking in, 10 people with leprosy, they look at Jesus and says, I know that guy. I heard that guy heals. And so they yell his name, Jesus, 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 have mercy on us, us. I mean, they're far away. And the reason they're far away is because in those days, people who were sick, especially people who had visible ailments, leprosy is a skin thing here. You can see that their skin is very white at this point they were not allowed to be in civilization. They were pushed out of society. So for, they were honoring that. They were standing outside, yelling out to Jesus to see if he could heal them. Let's read on. When he, that's Jesus, saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. So again, they're at a distance. So Jesus, there's probably some echo. Go, 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 show yourself to the priests, priests, priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. You see, there's a passage in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 14, that details the steps you have to take for a person who has a disease to re-enter into society. And the details are this. Basically, after you feel like you've been cured, you go to the priest and he checks you out. And as soon as the priest gives you a stamp of approval, you're welcome to go back to your families, to your friends, back to your home. So you could just imagine these 10 guys go to the priest and the priest is checking each person out. He's looking at the skin, he's looking at the back, he's looking at the arms, he's opening, asking them to open their mouths and looking inside to make sure everything's okay. And as soon as the priest says, you're good to go back into your home, they must have been ecstatic. They must have been so excited and so happy. But there's a detail that Luke puts in this passage that we need to focus on. Let's read on. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Now, this is why this passage is so interesting. The ten men we assumed were Jews. But as it turns out, nine of them were Jews. Only one of them was a foreigner. He was a Samaritan. Now, of course, you know this, but basically, Samaritans are citizens of Samaria, and Jews are citizens of Judah. And that's important because of the next verse. So Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? 
Now, Jesus is doing a little play on words here. And here's, here's what he's doing. Now, if you recall a few minutes ago, I said that the citizens of Judah, the word Judah means praise. And so Jesus is pointing out that the people of praise, the people who call themselves the people of God, these are the people who are not coming back to Jesus to praise him. And instead, who is here? The Samaritan, the foreigner. But the Samaritan, after he was healed, the first thing he did was really interesting. Now that he is cleared by the priest to be with anybody he wanted to be with, including his family, the first person he went to was Jesus. To be counted as one of the people of the kingdom, to be a follower of Jesus, to be considered a person of God, it is no longer dependent on what race you are. It's no longer dependent on what family you're born to or how close you are in proximity to people who are dedicated themselves to following God. You see, when you have a disease for a very long time and you pray to God and you ask God to heal you, and He does, it's very ordinary, it's very common for you to be excited about that and run off and live the life that you always wanted to live. But in doing so, what is revealed is your true heart. You were calling out to Jesus, but what you really wanted was healing. You see, the nine people, what they were seeking for was healing. What the Samaritan was looking for was the healer. The nine men who were healed, their greatest joy is that the fact that they are now healed. For the Samaritan, their greatest joy is that now he is with Jesus. You know, just for a second, let's stop thinking about these people who existed 2,000 years ago and let's focus on us for a second. How often do we pray to God? Does our frequency go up when we're uncomfortable? Do we call out to God more often when we need something from Him? And after we get what we asked for, do we spend more time with Him? Or do we go back and continue and resume the life that we had before we started asking for these things? Jesus is making a very strong point here, a point that was so important that He had to go out of His way to make it to this village. If you want to be considered a member of this kingdom movement that Jesus is doing, you're going to have to want Him over anything else. You can't consider yourself to be a person of the kingdom, a person who brings blessings to other people. You can't assume that you are that person until you realize that your heart yearns after Jesus more than anything else in this world. And now we're going to be looking at the very last verse. Now this very last verse has a lot of meaning packed into it. So let's take a look at this. This is Jesus speaking. He said to the Samaritan, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now there's a couple observations here that is very pertinent to what we're talking about today. Now first is this word faith. There's a difference between belief and faith. Belief means to acknowledge an existence. I believe that God exists. But to have faith in God means that you care about what God cares about. You're doing what you can to be the person that God calls you to be. Faith often has the word dedication attached to it, whereas the word belief is very impersonal. Maybe an easier way to say the word faith is a personal relationship. Jesus is saying, your desire, Samaritan, to want to have a relationship with me, that is what healed you. Now at first pass, the Samaritan probably was like, that's cool, all right, I'm gonna go home thinking about that. But as he's walking home, this one phrase of Jesus is probably blossoming in his mind. It's growing. And then he realizes, wait a minute, what about the other nine guys? They were healed, but there's no indication that they wanted to have a relationship with Jesus. How come they were healed? And so he goes back to that line that Jesus told him, your faith has made you well. 
your faith has healed you. And then he realizes, wait a minute, Jesus, are you telling me that my faith, my desire to have a relationship with you, not only healed me, but I also healed the other nine? This is Luke's way of telling us, the reader, that your desire to have a relationship with Jesus has the ability to bless people around you. This isn't the only place that this is taught. There's a story where there's this one guy who's paralyzed gets lowered in from the ceiling because he can't move, but his friends, they bring him down here. And after that, Jesus says, your friend's faith has healed you. There's another story where a, 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 a owner of a slave comes to Jesus and says, would you please heal my servant who's at home? Because I know if you just tell me that he's okay, then he's gonna be fine. And Jesus says, your faith has healed him. Yeah, what Jesus is teaching here is mind-blowing. He's basically saying, your dedication to following Jesus has the ability to bless the people around you. When you're obedient to Jesus, when, when you feel like God is telling you, hey, say a nice word to that person, your dedication to following God can actually bring healing in somebody's heart. If God tells you to go and make a care package and drop it off at that person's house, your dedication to following God can bring a smile to somebody else's face. If you find yourself to be the only Christian, the only person that follows Jesus in your family, God has you there for a purpose. He can use you and your dedication to Him to bless your family. But see, there's another observation that I want to point out in the last line of this verse. It says, rise and go. The word rise in the original language that was written 2,000 years ago, the word rise actually had a connotation in the first century church. The word rise here had a connotation of the resurrection. In other words, what he's saying is, Samaritan, your desire to want to be with me is going to be the thing that's going to cause a resurrection in your life. The hope and the relationship and the lifestyle that you thought were long gone is going to be resurrected because of your dedication to me. Now, I know firsthand that somebody else's faith can bring life into somebody's heart that is dead. And the reason I know that is because that's my story. You see, when I was 17 years old and I started going to church, I remember meeting this one lady. She was a senior citizen and uh, she looked at me and she introduced herself to me and she basically said, you know, I, I wanted to get to know you. I want to know your name so I could pray for you. Now at the time, I didn't really understand what prayer was. And so when she said she was going to pray for me, I thought, cool, she's going to pray for me. So I closed my eyes and I thought she was going to start praying for me on the spot, but then she just walked away. So I thought, okay, that was weird. <laughs> and then the next week, that same lady came up to me and said, I prayed for you last night. And I asked God to use you in mighty ways so that you can bless other people. And I thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know how to react to that, so I said, thank you. And then uh, the next week, she came up to me again and she said, I pray for you again this week. And I pray the exact same prayer, that God would use you in a way that could bless the people around you. And that continued week after week after week. So much so that there were some Sundays that I realized she wasn't there and I really missed her. Now that continued until I was about 24 years old because that's when I was called to move to a different place to serve at another church. And of course, for that time that I was there, I really missed her. But every once in a while, like if I went to retreat and she happened to be there, she'll come up to me. So she would have a cane and she'll wobble her way to me and say, Katz, this whole time that I haven't seen you, I've been praying for you. I've been asking Jesus to use you in ways so that you could bless other people. And even now, every once in a while when I see her, she'll come up to me. And now her hair is completely gray 
and I'm surprised that she could even remember me, but she'll come up to me and say, it's been a while since I've seen you, Kotz, but I'm still praying for you. And from what it sounds like, it sounds like God is using you to bless other people. And when she said that, it really hit me in the heart. I realized that she's been praying for me, that her relationship with Jesus has benefited me. And at that point, I also realized that it's my turn to use my faith to bless the people around me so that God could use them to bless the people around them. So brothers and sisters, may God use your faith to bless the people around you. And may you seek the healer more so than just the healing. And through both of these things, may we all experience heaven together. God bless.